The IDP Pros Podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network are brought to you by Patreon. Score exclusive perks and content available only to our patrons at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. The IDP Pro Players Pod is a proud member of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, home of the hottest, smartest, and fastest-growing sports gambling and fantasy football providers in professional sports entertainment to date. And now, without any further delay, here's your veteran, infamous No Dirty O in season and senior IDP pros, Johnny the Greek and Gary, the IDP tipster, coming off the edge as always with their deepest standard league NFL defensive takes. Welcome back to the IDP Pros Podcast. My name is Johnny the Greek. I am joined this week, as is tradition, with the senior IDP analyst for the SGPN Network, the man, the myth, the legend, the IDP tipster, Mr. Gary Van Dyke. Gary, how are you, sir? I am doing great, John. How are you doing tonight, man? And hey, I'll tell you what, I can't I can't keep us in. Joey, it's great to have you on the show, man. I am excited to have you here. I know I haven't hung out with you guys in a while, and it feels real good to be on here. That is right, folks. We got a very special guest for you this week. He is at Joey the Tooth IDP, all one word of football guys. He's an IDP guys alumni. He's an IDP show contributor. He's actually good at fantasy football and wins titles. That's equally important. Joey, good to have you, sir. What's up, man? Arch nemesis at fantasy football, I'd say Johnny the Greek is. (laughs) been so many leagues with you and it's so difficult <laughs> yeah and we're in a brutal division for idp invitational oh, too it's geez, it's not Louise. not good i guess there was like two main divisions two main glad i didn't get yours but i'm yeah, not real like eager about ours either pardon me i said you're a jerk for not being in it <laughs> holy cow no Yes, sir. So, yeah, lots of good stuff, but uh, we're going to start out with some news this week. We actually have, with uh, training camp started, some uh, some relevant news for the IDP landscape. Let's start with the Trey Hendrickson signing. So let's get Joey, then Gary's take on this. Joey, what would you think about that? It makes me, honestly, of all things, worried more about Sam Hubbard because they just went and they grabbed Miles Murphy in the first round. So if they're going to extend Hendrickson, what's the plan with Hubbard this uh, this offseason? Because I think his deal's up at the end of this season. So Miles Murphy, he was my edge, too, coming out of this class. I, I really like Miles Murphy, so I think he's going to be pushing for snaps quite soon. So I don't know if they're going to extend Hubbard or what and go with pure rotation or if it's going to be Hubbard on the outside looking in. I'd have to say that I agree with Joey. I mean, you really don't know at this point what they're thinking if they went ahead and they said, um, man, I know they love Hubbard, you know? So I got to be honest. I kind of think that Murphy profiles more of an interior defensive line would have been a better guy in a 3-4 to begin with. So could we see some something happening here? Is that possible? And not only that, but, I mean, you have two proven veterans – He's a rookie. They don't even know what he's got okay. yet. So I doubt if they're making any real calls off of the rookie, I wouldn't think. 
more to be revealed. And then the other piece of news, uh, nothing really to discuss here, but Jalen Ramsey, pretty major training camp injury, is going to be out till December. So what was the actual injury? It's a full meniscus repair expected to be out until December. So, yeah, major yeah. surgery. That's not great. I mean, that was that, I was excited about that secondary. But that's just kind of – I mean, they still – they still have a. I think it's actually good for Brandon Jones because I got a little worried once they signed Deshaun Elliott because they obviously had some plans for him, but now Jones, I feel like, might be back in the mix. I, I mean, I know Fangio doesn't like to blitz much, so Jones won't be used like he's been used at his best. So we'll see how it goes for Jones. Yeah, lots of implications. Uh, Caterco, who definitely locked in now, don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Not great, though. Not a great start to the season no. for the Dolphins. Hey, all you crazy IDP fans. We are hosting the IDP Pros Breast Cancer Awareness Giveaway, where you can win a Roquan Smith Baltimore Ravens jersey. All you have to do to enter is donate $3 or more to any nationally recognized cancer organization and post a pic of your donation with the hashtag IDPROS. That's hashtag IDPPros. The drawing will be held on August 24th. Find more information on this podcast Twitter page or on any of your favorite IDP Pros accounts. Enter today and help us bring cancer to its knees. The IDP Pros Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Do your part in the war against corporate gambling and sign up for the SGPN Patreon. We've got tons of exclusive content, contests, and merch just for our patrons. Plus, we've got a monthly SGP Stories Podcast, an ad-free, uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being degenerates. There's even a Discord channel just for our patrons. The Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is a great way to score exclusive perks and support SGPN. Head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. Odds are, if you're listening to this, you already know who this is. Randos aren't tuning into this. But just in case, let's go back in time. Let's start at the beginning. Joey, how did you get into fantasy football and more specifically IDP? Fantasy football, I don't know where. I think my brother got me to play it years ago. I think my first... Fantasy football league. It was uh, D'Angelo Williams was like my best player with Carolina when he had his huge season. I think that it was that and like the Priest Holmes years. It was somewhere around in there. Nice. Uh, IDP. I had a friend that I was working with. Uh, I think you you know him, Johnny, Mister Mayhem. Gary, you might know him too. I'm not sure. But yeah. Yeah. He said he was going to start an IDP league, so we actually went and did a live draft at his house, and uh, it was um, Luke Keekley's rookie year. And we had we had full rosters with this first draft. It was it was two two defensive ends, two defensive tackles, three linebackers, uh, two cornerbacks, and two safeties, along with full offense. So it was like when I started IDP, I just dove straight in. And uh, I think my last two picks it was Luke Keekley his rookie year, which was phenomenal. And then it was JJ Watts second year was my final pick, and that was his first year of going off. So I was like, for pretty much from there, I was set. I think I had Alden Smith too playing one of my linebacker spots, and that's when he had like twenty sacks, and I won the championship that year. And ever since then, I was just like, let's do this. That was fantastic. 
Man, that would be so sweet. I have never gotten to really experience that in a long time to find a group of people in the neighborhood uh, or you know some buddies at the bar. Man. They've all moved now. Mayhem lives in Florida. Him and his his wife and uh, her brothers, her two brothers. That was great doing a live IDP draft for my first draft. So ever since then, I've been kind of locked in. It was fun as anything. Nice. Awesome, man. Good stuff. And then the content creation game. How'd you get into that? How'd you get sucked into all that? Oh, it was uh, my buddy Snack. So I've been playing. I've known him literally my entire life. He's a year older than me. Him and my brother are 19 days apart. And uh, we live right down the street from each other growing up. So we, uh, as we're playing, he was in the first IDP league. And I've played IDP with him ever since. So that was how long ago, like 12 years or something like that. And uh, he tells me, he's like, dude, why don't you just put some of your stuff out there on Twitter? He's like, just start writing random things about guys and see if anybody says anything. I'm sure you can write. He's like, I, he always asked me for advice on stuff. And so I did. I literally, it was Justin Reed's rookie year. And it was like the second game of the season. I said, it's somebody to watch Justin Reed. And he actually ended up having a really productive rookie year. So it was pretty cool. And I sent it out and I, it was that, and then I had sent one more, and, I, and then Nate reached out to me from IDP guys. Nate's like, "Hey man, uh, you interested in creating content?" And I was like, "Yeah." And we started talking, and I was like, "Yeah, I live in Connecticut, I live in stores." He's like, "Come on," and he's like, <laughs> I, "He's like, I live out in New Britain, or it wasn't even New Britain at that point, was it? It was still New Britain, right?" And so we started chatting, and then I sent him just one article I wrote up. It was like a a waiver wire article or something like that, and from there it was just. I think it was like 300 yeah. plus articles later with IDP guys. I was like, holy cow. Uh, so you can oh. blame Nate getting right. involved. Well, I get to blame John. No! There's a stat not many people know, but me and Joey know this. Of the lifetime sites and clicks at idpguys.org, there's 2 million plus. Me and Joey have over a million of them. Nice. <laughs> yep. Crazy shit. That's awesome, man. And then football guys, talk us through that. How'd that happen? Sig, uh, Sigmund Bloom reached out two off seasons ago and he says, uh, we're looking to bring on, or actually he reached out before he even mentioned bringing on extra writers. He reached out and uh, he said, Hey, we're going to do these mini articles. We're going to ask, we're asking some people, some guests to come on. And we were just doing breakdowns of IDP rosters for teams. It was just like, relevant players and explaining how we thought it was going to pan out. And I'm pretty sure it was Josh Raymer from uh, the IDP show kind of nudged him in my direction. And uh, so I wrote up, I think it was new Orleans saints. And uh, there was some, I think the Detroit lions, new Orleans saints and Detroit lions. And I broke them down. And after I sent in my articles, he's like, well, that's more than good. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll get in touch. Cause we're looking for some IDP writers. I was like, Oh, well, sweet. That's freaking cool. And then, yeah, they, they brought me on. I was like, nice. They knew I was doing projections over IDP guys, so they have me doing projections now, two projections and rankings and articles. And it's like, holy cow. But it's been nice. It's a I, rush, huh? It is. It is pretty – and it's honestly wicked laid back at football, guys. It's pretty cool. And there's just a ton of people there. So there's a ton of people to bounce knowledge off of, and there's just – Generally in content creation and, and the editor, Clayton, he doesn't get enough credit. I mean, the guy's, he's barely even out there. Nobody would, nobody even knows who he is. He, I think he has like a thousand followers, but yet the guy 
has his hands on almost every single piece of content that goes through football guys, and it's phenomenal. Nice. Huh. Awesome. awesome, man. That's good stuff. I'm happy for you. It's been a hell of a journey. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh let's talk favorite format and platform. Uh, let's see. So format, full rosters, full offense, full IDP. I mean, deep rosters. It, like I said, when I started IDP, it was deep. So I that's that's how I like it. I do, by the way, though, love some of those leagues that were in, what do you call them, like the murder leagues or something. It's just no no bench. Those are intense. And I like that just because you have to think, do I want to drop this guy or just want to ride a week without any production? Like, is he is it worth it? And it's Last year I did that, and I did that for like three straight weeks. I had somebody on my team that didn't play, and I just kept them, and it almost panned out, but not quite. But I'd rather full deep rosters – 56 man rosters or 53 man rosters. And then uh, probably I hate to say it, but I want to say sleeper just because it's the most mobile friendly and I'm on my mobile all the time, but I still like the old school Yahoo. I don't like, I never really played ESPN. It's always been pretty much Yahoo MFL and sleeper and MFL is great. It just, like I said, from the mobile, it's just this sleeper is just so easy to use. And Yahoo is easy to use from mobile, too. So it's got to be those two. Nice. Good choices there. Uh, what's your preferred strategy, my friend? All things being even for your typical startup. Uh, see, it's kind of it's kind of changed a little bit. I still want to go like when you get those first like seven edge defenders. Those are those are the guys you really want to target. But if people are going too high on them. I'm just going to wait because there's so many edge defenders now in the NFL. Like people are running rotations. So I actually like going those like top linebackers if I have to. If I miss out on that, like, the first six, I'm just going to go linebacker heavy and just shoot for edge rusher like mid rounds. I'm not really all that worried about it. I mean, we were doing the, the IDP show best balls and I got – Josh Allen in the fourth, and I got Josh Sweet in the in the fifth. So I got two low end DL ones in the fourth and fifth rounds. So it's like I'm not really all that worried if I miss out on the top guys. I'm just going to go linebacker heavy and get as many three down linebackers as I can because they're now starting to get a little more scarce with everybody running nickel. We adapt as the league adapts, my friend. That yeah. is true. What good is football content if it doesn't cover both sides of the ball? The SGPN IDP pros have you covered on defense, but we have more to offer than just IDP. Check out our flagship podcast, the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast with Emerson Beery and Justin Bruni. Follow that up with a chaser of old-fashioned football with your hosts, Justin and Miranda Mark. All of the SGPN podcasts pride themselves on their actionable content. They bring the research and analysis you need to win. So help support SGPN and download the SGPN app and catch all of our premium football content. The IDP Pro Podcasts are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. And there are plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL, and MLB player prop parlays as well. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. 
got the background out of the way. Let's get into the meat and potatoes. We're going to talk some more ADP bargains and traps. We're going to do the NFC West this week. We're going to start with the San Francisco 49ers, which happens to be Joey's favorite team. Yes. So while we're here, let's get some thoughts. Offseason moves, rookie draft, prediction for the season. What do you got? Uh, I think they're going to win the NFC West. I'm still a little on the fence with what's going on at quarterback. I'm still, I mean, Purdy's working out, but I don't know. It still worries the crap out of me. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I mean, he was great last year when he played. He's just, I don't know. He's still Mr. Irrelevant from the draft last year, and he had a shoulder injury. So I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm on pins and needles trying to see what's going on with that quarterback situation. But other than that, their roster is so complete that I don't think it really matters of whatever three they put out there. I think they're going to be fine. And that offense run by Shanahan, I mean, he had, uh, oh man, who was it a few years back? I can't even remember his name now. He was their backup and Mullins, a legitimate quarterback. He was just averaging like 250 yards a game, a touchdown. Whatever happened to him? I forgot about that dude. He was a backup over in, Las Vegas for a little bit, I think, maybe in Philly huh. too, and then he just disappeared. So it's like Shanahan got him some money, and then he disappeared. So I, I'm fully confident Shanahan making any quarterback really work in his system. It's just having somebody who can excel in it makes it that much better. But other than that, like the defense, the addition of Hargrave is fantastic because since Buckner left, we've really missed an interior pass rushing presence, and it's only going to make Eric Armstead better. It's only going to make Nick Bosa better, which is how does that even happen? Now you have even less pressure on Drake Jackson, and who's going to be a, a bigger part of the defense this year. So that that front line is going to be just unbelievable. So it's like I, I was I was reading this thing. Um, was it Tom K created his his whole little his whole defensive playbook? And I was reading it, and it was about a package that the Cowboys run called the Big NASCAR Package. And it's literally your defensive front is four edge defenders. So it was like they were running. It was like Parsons, Dante Fowler, uh, Dorrance Armstrong, and Sam Williams all one shot. And it was actually they they ran so much rotation and changed so often that 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 personnel was the most they ran like as a cohesive unit. Like they changed personnel between linebackers and defensive backs so often. That was the most used lineup. So, and it was kind of blue, and they led the league in pressures. So it's like it that this lineup now, kind of considering they still have two interior defenders in Hargrave and Armstead, but it's still like having four high high end pass rushers right across that front. So then you add the in the linebackers, you have Greenlaw and Fred Warner, and you'll have. Probably from right now, it seems like Oren Burke sprinkling every now and then to pick up the Al Shayer role. Um, Jimmy Ward's gone, but you have Hufanga, and they I like Jair, Jair Brown, who they just drafted from Penn State. He I think he literally fills the Jimmy Ward gap. So he's a great tackler. He's great in the nickel. He's a turnover guy, which is something that Ward kind of missed a little bit. So, and Charvarius Ward, and uh, I'm gonna murder his name but demandre lenoir lenoir diamador lenoir thank you oh jesus those two have been great on the outside and they added isaiah oliver out of uh atlanta as their third corner 
So I, I, I love the defense. The defense is fantastic. The offense is high-powered. They just need to figure out the quarterback. So I have a lot of expectations for the 49ers this year. Well, sweet. We might also dive into their ADP, man. You need that Drake Jackson second rounder you was talking about, man. Yep. He's uh, going 536 overall in blended ball at an edge 46. If I remember looking at that earlier, I mean, real, realistically, that was like basement level. He's going late. How early would you be willing to take him? I mean, you know, we know he's not a Sherlock. I love the kid, too. I think he's got the ass to get it. But there's only going to be so much production if we think about it. Hargrave's going to get his. Buzz is going to hit. As you mentioned with the linebackers, I was explaining my rankings that I just getting ready to come out. I had to knock Boza down just for that reason. There's not a vacuum that Hargrave's is going to be filling, right? Right. Where, so where's that production coming from? So I like Jackson. I want to say I took Jackson a lot earlier, should have. I was taking him, you know, like my DL2 with confidence there for a minute. And I thought, no, that, that's not adding up on paper. How do you – How where would you take Jackson at? I, I like him as a DL3. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't hate having him as my DL2, but uh, there's plenty of other guys right now that I would go for. I mean, I think I have him ranked as my DL45 overall this year so far. Like the Hargrave thing, we saw Hargrave be unbelievable in Philadelphia. His last two Mm -hmm. seasons in Philadelphia, he was one of the best interior pass rushers in the league. My problem is, though, is I'm not sure if it was Hargrave or if it was if it was the system. So the 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 Eagles have one of the best finish rates when it comes to sacks in the NFL. Actually, they did have the best finish rate. They and they had averaged four and a half sacks a game. So Hargrave, the last two seasons, he had over sixty pressures both seasons, and he had eleven and a half sacks, and I think he had six and a half sacks. Before that, his first year in Philly and every single year in Pittsburgh he never eclipsed 39 pressures or I think it was five and a half sacks. So was Hargrave a product of his environment in the last two years in Philly? Or are we going to get that? Or are we going to get the Hargrave that was just a good player back in Pittsburgh? I'm not really 100% worried about Hargrave taking away from the edge defenders because that's just not really the system the 49ers run. They don't run a lot of stints. I mean, it's pretty much accountability. It's like you win your matchups. Loaded line, yep. no doubt. What about uh, linebacker or defensive back? Any bargains that you've seen ADP-wise in either um, of those units? I like the rookie. Uh, I mean, Dre Greenlaw, people are starting to catch up to him a little bit. Uh, honestly, he's him and Fred Warner, it's almost interchangeable. Dre Greenlaw almost has – I like Fred Warner's the playmaking ability. Dre Greenlaw is just a tackle vacuum. But he's a good playmaker as well. So they both have like top 12, top 15 potential. But I like the rookie, Jair Brown, because I think that, I mean, the coaching staff's already talked about how much they like him. They need that replacement for Jimmy Ward. Tayshawn Gibson's getting old. So he's, I think he's going to play nickel to start, but I would not be surprised if he pushes Gibson to actually take over in the safety position. And what about anyone that you think's an overpay right now for the Niners? Uh, Honestly, when I'm drafting, I'm not going to go hog wild over Javon Hargrave unless I'm, it's a DT required league. Just because I'm a little worried if he, it, about that whole product of the environment with Philly, because like I said before, in Pitt, I mean, he was good, but he wasn't like he wasn't Philly good.
This is true. Yeah, he he was a good uh, bye week uh, waiver wire guy, uh, yeah. deeper defensive tackle. You know, earlier in his career. Yeah. No doubt. All right. Good stuff there. That's the Niners. Let's have a look at the Seahawks. Let's start at the defensive line. Any defensive linemen that you're interested in as a bargain or that are an overpay, in your opinion? Uh, bargain? I actually like Draymond Jones. Nobody's really talking about him at all. And he's had three solid years playing virtually the same position he's playing going into Seattle. But he's, I mean, he's going to give you what, 45 tackles, probably six sacks. I mean, you can probably draft him as like a DL5. I think it's great value for Draymond Jones as a trap. I think Daryl Taylor is going to be a bit of a trap this year. Uh, he had everybody lo- like thinks him as a sleeper this year because he got over 10 sacks last year, but he's a terrible run defender and they've addressed that this year. They, they got Derek Hall. They grabbed Draymond Jones. They have uh boy, Mafe, somebody else I forget at the moment, but I mean, it's just, I don't really trust Daryl Taylor to replicate what he did last year. And I honestly think his snap share is going to drop down a little bit just because he is such a poor run defender. Speaking of Mafia, in the IDP shows best ball, the big one, I got Mafia at the 21st round. Yeah. Everybody's forgotten about him. I like to throw a dart that deep. That's all right. Definitely. Yeah, good stuff there. What about uh, linebacker-wise? Anything that's on your radar? Are are you still as, I mean, redraft-wise, are you still as invested in Bobby Wagner, or is father time catching up? Uh, honestly, I think Bobby Wagner's going to be fine. He's going to have another good, maybe not like vintage Bobby Wagner, but he'll probably still get you 140 tackles. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. He's coming uh, off the board as LB16 right now, or yeah. just the other day when I did these ADPs. That's... In redraft, I, I I can see it honestly because it's still it's Bobby Wagner. He still did it last year. He's been doing it forever. I would take him top five, dude. Let me make sure that I'm clear here. I would be taking him in redrafts and best balls. So I think as a bargain as well as a trap is Devin Bush. It could go either way. Like you could get a severe bargain on Devin Bush. I mean, last year he had his most efficient year in Pittsburgh. I think his missed tackle rate was down to like four and a half percent or something like that, which was amazing. Granted, his snap share decreased heavily, but I mean, he's coming in, he's playing next to the best linebacker he's played next to in Bobby Wagner. He's probably going to play a decent amount. I don't know what Jordan Brooks injury is right now, but he literally tore his ACL in what week 18 last year. So he, there's no way he can be ready right now I just don't see it being feasible. So depending on Brooks health, Bush could actually have a pretty decent season, but it could also burn up in flames. (laughs) So he could be a bargain as well as a trap. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple of those situations happening. Uh, I I believe Jamal Adams is on the PUP to start the season and He's made of glass regardless. So And he's coming off safety 21 where his counterpart digs, which I know everybody just hates digs, apparently, right? Diggs. But he's going at uh, safety 52 at the moment. That's yeah. like super deep. Oh, yeah. And I was actually, I went through the ADP um, with the IDP show mm. doing uh, all their best balls this year. And uh, mm. digs was all the way at. DB ninety four, damn. But I mean, I got him in the twentieth round, right before Mafe. <laughs> look what he's done in the, his past 
three years in Seattle. What was it? He had it mm-hmm. was in the past three years. He's had thirteen interceptions and twenty three passes defended. And then to add, yep. I think it was he averaged seventy six tackles per season in all those seasons. He's literally putting up DB two numbers, and you're getting him at the end of your draft. So Diggs is easily, easily a bargain. As a trap, I think it's going to be Tariq Woolen. I mean, he had six interceptions as a rookie, and he had, what, 16 passes defended? But I don't think they're going to target him as much. They have a rookie on the other side who's also quite well, Devon Witherspoon. But I don't think people are going to challenge Tariq – or it's now Reek Woolen, sorry. I don't think they're going to challenge him as much, so I don't, I don't think you're going to have that boost in production with those six interceptions. Yeah, I agree. Same thing with Sauce. He's not going to have his good numbers this year. I guarantee it. Have you uh, watched any of the camp footage, oh, yeah. footage of him versus Garrett Wilson? It's actually quite fun to watch. Yeah, he's been great. What, what, I want to get your thoughts on Julian Love, though. Are you are you even like contemplating it, or what, what are your thoughts? Well, for sure, because I don't trust Jamal Adams. Right. I mean, and Julian Love, even if Jamal Adams does come back in some sort of compa- capacity – I wouldn't be surprised if Julian Love pushes Kobe Bryant out of the nickel. Because Kobe Bryant wasn't really a good cover guy at all last year. He just kind of fell in the role because he's probably the best tackling corner outside of the two starting outside corners. So I wouldn't be surprised if, even if Adams comes back, if Love doesn't move up into the nickel, which is still, he's been productive in that role. He played that role in New York a couple of times, so. What good is fantasy football content if it doesn't cover both sides of the ball? The SGPN IDP pros have you covered on defense, but we have more to offer than just IDP. Check out the 3D Dynasty podcast with Dave and Brad. That's right, the dude, the dork, and the dynasty. And follow that up with Heroes and Villains, featuring Justin Bruni and Andrew Robb. All of the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcasts pride themselves on their actionable content. They bring the research and analysis you need to win your leagues. So help support SGPN and download the SGPN app and catch all of our premium fantasy football content. That was the Seahawks. Let's move along to the Rams and let's start with their defensive line. Any uh, bargains, any thoughts, uh, anything you're avoiding? The entire team is a dumpster fire. (laughs) (laughs) I started when I was looking to do my notes for this, I started just perusing through their, their depth charts. I was like, you know, I don't, so I like my, was it Michael Hoek? Hoek. So he was, he's what a 310 pound outside linebacker now. He was great. Uh, actually, he's—he I followed him real close. If you want a real quick gist on him, man, he started out as a defensive tackle interior yeah. dude. He's from Oakwood uh, here in Dayton. So, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I actually pegged him in the app last, last year. year. Yeah, I, he was on my rosters. I actually used him in the app. I love the yeah. guy, but they actually—that's what they did. They—they they transformed this dude into an outside linebacker. He lost a bunch of weight, hit the weights, oh, and he freaking—he's just booming last season. Like he was, he was mm-hmm. easily their best edge. Well, I, was, I could say with Leonard Floyd, but he was fantastic last year. Like the last eight games of the season, it was like thirty tackles and what four and a half, five and a half sacks. It's like for a guy that's never really yeah. played the position much, that's fantastic. I like. I was trying him. to see his ADP. Where uh, where are you getting him? If you can get him, not it's non-existent. No one knows who he yeah, is. It is. I think he the the IDP show ADP. I think he was like DL ninety one. Something like that. I was like, holy crap. 
And the blended one that I got, which is not the IDP show one, it was DL40, uh, which I think last year he was actually slash linebacker, if I remember right. But they took it away from him, so he's DL40 and Edge36. Yeah, I think that's – I think he's ranked – at our on our consensus ranking somewhere in the DL 40 to 50 range. But I also like Byron Young. So he's an athletic edge rusher. Tennessee, he had consecutive seasons of 10 plus sacks in the SEC. Um they drafted him, what was it, in the third round, and there's literally nobody in front of him to take snaps away. So he's gonna be just a rookie that's gonna be like thrown to the fire. Hopefully it's not one of those rookies that get destroyed by the fire. But he's going to be in there, and he's going to probably see a solid snap share. So if you need a, a late dart throw, just go take Byron Young and just make sure you're taking the right rookie Byron Young because there's a defensive tackle in Las Vegas that's also called Byron Young. <laughs> I've seen that happen a few times this yeah. year with T. Campbell, Tavon, and Tyson, and Michael oh, Carter, man. the running back in the corner. That yeah. that happens. Yeah. David Long. Oh, yeah. yeah. Multiple. Yeah. Right. Multiple David Longs, too. Let's get a Aaron Donald take out of you. Do you think he bounces back this year? Uh, not to Aaron Donald level. I think he's he's kind of checked out a little, plus the fact he doesn't really have anything else to help him out. I mean, these two we just talked about are good, but not to the level of the guys he's been playing with recently. And it, I mean, to the fact they'll probably, the edges will probably do better anyway, just because of that Aaron Donald effect. Like, that's a legitimate thing. So he's going to get so much attention that it's just there. It's going to be one on ones on the outside all the time. But I don't know the fact that he was already contemplating retirement. The fact that this team, I don't see how they can even be competitive. I think it's just going to wear on him a little bit, and he's just he won't have that fire. Do you think that uh, Ernest Jones will do his linebacker twenty three ADP? I do. Yeah. I mean, literally, there's there's nothing else there. So it's like, yeah. like when I'm when I'm telling people, if you're looking at the Rams roster, just get all of the Ernest Jones and the Jordan Fuller shares you can get because there's going to be so many tackles available because I don't think there's anybody else worth grabbing, honestly, outside of deep, deep rosters. But yeah, Ernest Jones, he's going to be good. He is good. I mean, he's showed it the past few years. So Rose Boom, I mean, he's kind of like a a wild card. Are they actually going to play multiple linebackers at any point in the season? And I wouldn't originally say no, but then I looked at the rest of the roster and I, <laughs> I honestly don't even know half of the other DBs. So if they're going to play like diamond nickel, like who are they going to play? I honestly have no idea with this team. It's such a dumpster fire. What are the odds that John Johnson ends up back in as a Ram? Oh, I wouldn't hate it. I actually would like that a lot, but I mean, Jordan, Fuller, I wish you'd land somewhere. Jordan Fuller's going, I think, in the, the IDP show ADP, it was like DB64 or something like that. It's like for a guy who two seasons ago had 113 tackles, now on a defense that's probably going to see a lot of the field with nobody else other than Ernest Jones that can tackle. You're getting like a low-end DB1, high-end DB2 for pennies. Down, down. Sack on the ball. What what about that other safety slot? Is there a bargain to be had there? Is it Russ Yeast? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I told, I looked at it and I was like, I don't even know who's going to play next to him. Like I, this is one of those teams that you just like watch the preseason, hear who won the job, and take him as a flyer. 
<laughs> and then take it when they gets benched. You get the other guy off the waiver exactly. wire that replaces them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's gonna be, be a long really, season for them. Oh, it's gonna be so bad. Like I'm okay with it as a 49ers fan. <laughs> I feel bad for Matt Stafford again though, because all right, he gets traded, wins himself a Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden the team's like, all right, we're going back to Detroit Lions territory. While the Lions are now rebuilding towards something good, it's like, oh man. Sorry, yeah. Stafford. You got a yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? We'd all take that. I know I'd take that bargain to get another one. So yeah. it, it is what it is. All right, that's the Rams dumpster fire. Let's move on to the Cardinals. Let's start a defensive line. Anything stick out to you either way? Um, Bargain-wise, I actually like Cameron Thomas. I wrote him up a couple times this year. Uh, there's been a lot of hype around Jai Sanders because, I mean, he's a pretty explosive player. But if you actually look at Cameron Thomas, he he graded out better than Sanders in literally every other every category. Like he graded better as a pass rusher, as a tackler, as a run defender, even in coverage. He literally graded out better, and their numbers are identical: eighteen tackles, three sacks. So I would be the least bit surprised if Myjai Sanders kind of fades off and Cameron Thomas decides to come in. And I wouldn't even be surprised if he pushed Jonathan Ledbetter. Like I, I think it's going to be Ledbetter and Thomas fighting for one of those linebacker spots Ledbetter, I, I mean I don't know they he doesn't have any draft capital with him he's been decent when did he come from Miami I think so Cameron Thomas I think is going to be a guy who can actually push for snaps and he can play in the interior too if need be we have a Zach Allen kind of guy but I don't know Cameron Thomas he's just a guy he's literally is like his ADP was like DL 121 I think it was or 119 so it's like you're getting him for nothing. You're getting him with like your last pick of the draft if you want, and you're potentially getting a starting edge rusher who actually graded pretty pretty well as a rookie. Good stuff there. What about Zayvon Collins as a defensive lineman? Any interest there? I do, um, only if he's got a designation of defensive lineman, though. I don't want to draft him as a high-end defensive lineman still labeled as a linebacker. It needs to be true position, or he needs the the dual designation with sleeper if he could. But I think he can do well. I think he'll be all right. I mean, in college, he was a good pass rusher. He was pretty decent in coverage. He just, since he came to the NFL, he just can't really get down the whole missed tackle deal. I mean, he hasn't really been an efficient tackler, and that's why he can't win that job. That's why they brought in Kaiser White. They're like, we just need somebody who can tackle. Let's considering the lack of higher ends and the potential that he might have, he's coming off in the blender leagues that I was looking at, yeah. uh, at edge 19. I had to actually recount that a couple of times. He, he worries me. I mean, I, you just don't know what his role is going to be. You don't know where. So like if he is listed as a defensive lineman, but then spends like 70% of his snaps as an inside linebacker. I mean, that could be actually actual gold, but if it's right. vice versa, if he's a linebacker, he's spending, 70% of his time on edge, then it's not good for you. But then even if he's 50-50, some of these guys just have a tough time like going back and forth between positions. Like, I don't know if it's going to be good for him or if it's going to be bad for him. And the, the whole team, it's it seems like it's in slight disarray. I don't know. The, the whole Kyler Murray's injury, Cliff Klingsbury. Isaiah around. Simmons playing defensive back. What are you doing? He, he's DB5 I, coming off right now. I love Isaiah Simmons as a defensive back, honestly. I mean, he, he spent literally, what, 85% of his snaps as either a slot or safety last year, and he still almost got you 100 tackles. So if you're drafting a safety and you're grabbing a 100-tackle safety who's actually coming up 
He had the career high in sacks last season. He's coming up with some passes defended and interceptions. So he's a playmaker and a near 100 tackle guy. I love him as a safety, but I'm just not going to reach for him. It's, it's a defensive back. So, I mean, that's the thing. But he could be a bargain because people see Isaiah Simmons. They're like, ah, he's a bust. He's like, yeah, he was a bust linebacker, but he's a damn good defensive back. Yeah, I didn't have no trouble going in and taking him a little bit earlier than probably a lot of guys would. But my object is get the LBDB. I like him this year and then dot those linebackers right after that to push him down so that yeah. his points show up for a DB right. and not for a linebacker. Right. That's my whole objective there. So, yep. and I think I managed to do it with like Morrow, Kaiser White, Adam Ellis, uh, just a few other guys. But I, I, that's a good ploy. And I'm glad you brought that up. If you're drafting Isaiah Simmons, you're going to draft him to be a defensive back, not as a linebacker, Just especially if he's got the designation. And while we mentioned Kaiser White, let's talk about that. Oh, I think it's great. Somebody put a poll out the other day and said who's going to be the, the leading linebacker in the NFC West, and they put it, it was like Ernest Jones, then it was uh, Fred Warner, Bobby Wagner, and then Drager Greenlaw, and they didn't even give any of the Cardinals people any love. And my response was probably Bobby Wagner, but – it could be Kaiser White, as I and I would not be the least bit surprised if he actually was the leading tackler of the bunch. I mean, if you're playing Colt McCoy or Clayton Tooney for an extended period of time as your quarterback, you're going to have a lot of time on defense. And if you're Kaiser White's going to be the primary interior linebacker on that mm-hmm. team. White's or uh, Collins going to be moving back and forth. Uh, Isaiah Simmons is moving in the secondary. So there's literally nobody challenging Kaiser White for any sort of linebacker snaps. It was just like, what, two years ago that, I mean, he was the best linebacker for the Chargers. Right. and He, he just faded off when he went to Philly. He even had a good year last year in Philly. I mean, it wasn't great, right. but it wasn't terrible. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, you play next to a guy who puts up 150 tackles and White still had, what, 120 himself, 130, right? Mm. Don't quote me on that because I'm just thinking off the top of my head at the moment. But he he played well in Philly. So, I mean, obviously enough to get another contract to force Arizona to make the moves they want with their their personnel. So it's like they trust him enough to where we're going to put you in the middle and do the things these two guys who we drafted in the first round couldn't, which that's mind-blowing if you think about it in that that case. If you had to take one guy from the NFC West, who would you want the most out of these four teams? Hmm. Probably Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Love that guy. Yeah, that was kind of a gimme answer. How about a second guy? <laughs> he's going to, you know, he's going to, Fred Warner. You're going to say Fred Warner? Uh, I, honestly, I, I might go Bobby Wagner. Huh? Bobby Wagner or Ernest Jones just because of the opportunity. Big Jones fan. Yeah. Yeah, I got a factor cost in too, but beautiful. That was the NFC West. Let's give Joey a couple minutes here. Can you tell us what you're doing this season, where the people can find you, what you got going on? Uh, you can find all of my work at footballguys.com. Uh, I've got dynasty projections, which covers how long we think the, the players are going to go for. And then we have a high level, mid level and low level. So it's like, it gives all sorts of variances where you can actually change your build. So we have, a, or I'll, I'll explain this a little more. We have a thing called the draft dominator, right? So the draft dominator, you go into your drafts and then you set your presets before the draft starts. You can set it for 
you can sit it for a long build, like you want to go dynasty wise, or you want to try to win now, and it adjusts your rankings because it uses our dynasty uh, projections, and it adjusts your rankings to age adjusted projections, which is pretty crazy because we go by how how many years they're going to play, and then a low level and high level. So that's pretty nuts. So I have that going. I have uh, redraft projections going, just regular season projections, uh, rankings. Uh, I've been doing articles all off season. Uh, I just put out my late round defensive lineman linebacker and defensive back articles. I'm sending out guys to acquire and guys to trade away are coming in within the next two weeks and then uh, come in season. It's actually one of my favorite articles. I started this with IDP guys and I've just kind of brought it with me and I just keep doing it. It's a uh, weekly DL streamers. I love just looking up defensive linemen and just finding guys that you can stream each week just based off their matchup. And it's been kind of nice because football guys has a lot of tools where I can look at offensive linemen. So that's been a huge help in that article. So other than that, I'm going to keep working on a second book to write and then uh, just keep rolling with that. Nice, man. Keeping you busy. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's all fun. Yeah, it's yeah. like the the effect of the the stress level. Just it's no stress. It's just it's all just good. And I am enjoying doing it. That's the biggest thing. You just have to enjoy doing what you do and you'll put out great content. Well said, my friend. Well said. Well, thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure as always. It's always nice to talk to you, but we oh, yeah. literally talk every day in the in the chats or most yeah. days. I know I haven't talked you know. to you face to face in all right, at least camera to camera and <laughs> seems like a while and i haven't seen you face to face and god knows how long man it's been great having you on joey you're yeah. part of that great group over there with the football guys.com right yep let them know because you was telling them all that good shit tell them where to get it man yeah everybody go give uh joey a follow it at joey the tooth idp right that's it hey. nailed it come on you were one of the first ones to know it gary <laughs> Yeah, it was a pleasure meeting you uh, at the beginning of your career, man. It's you been too. In, it was you. Too. It's, it's been great to watch. You know, it, there's success stories out there. We see we see karma catching up with motherfuckers all the goddamn time and burning their shit down. Oh my goodness, how are they burning their shit down? So, anyway, yeah, um, yeah you two you were know. the first two I knew when I started. It was Nate, and then you guys and Sean. Yeah, it was Sam and Sam. Wow, that's right, Sam. Yeah, been a while. Yeah. And we're still going. But uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Another great show. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Everyone have a great one.